This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 274, Solo, A Star Wars Story Review. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, and I'm driving my van because it's a big Star Wars movie, and it's a road trip movie. Not but really. we're not. We're not no. in the van. And it's not a road trip. And it's kind of not a road trip. It's my fault. Because 21 years ago, I got <laughs> married, and uh, instead of going to see this movie with Evan, I went to see this movie with my wife. So, yep. And we'll, and they didn't invite me. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, oversight. It was just an oversight on our part. Oh, that's good to know. Sorry about that, man. Um, next time, next time I have my 21st uh, wedding anniversary. Okay. I'll fix that. I'll remedy that situation. So. It's a plan. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the Thursday show of Solo. A Star Wars story. That's where I went with my wife. Went and saw it with my kids again. But um, if you're just joining us, um, you don't even know what we're talking about. Because if this is the first time you listen to this podcast, you wouldn't know the big blockbusters. Uh, Evan, my co-host there, and I, Hello. Ben, Ben Avery, usually start out uh, by jumping in the van and starting the recording and recording our trip to the theater and then uh, talking about expectations and stuff like that. And then getting out of the van, going to the movie, and then starting the recording again after having seen the movie and and discussing it on our way home. But this time around, we're discussing it here on microphone <laughs> a couple days later. Yes. Yeah, from the, from the comfort of our own seats instead of the comfort of my van's seats. Which, honestly, my van's seats are, are fairly comfortable. I think. And heated. Yes, yes, which is not needed right now in no, May. 90 degrees today. Yeah. Normally a Star Wars movie is uh, a cold occasion. Yeah, Christmas, which yeah. I kind of like. I kind of like having Star Wars at Christmas because it's gives you something else a little to look forward to in the holiday season. You know, it's strange, too. I, I'm trying to figure out why they they chose this, but um, yeah, the, that Christmas time is kind of dominated. It it was just Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Yeah, well, and now it's moving to May. To, I think they're trying to avoid competition with themselves because they've got Mary Poppins and the Nutcracker coming out yeah, around that, then as well. But that's a complete failure this year 
Uh, because when I went and saw it on Thursday, you know what else was in the theaters? Infinity War, Deadpool, yeah. and Black Panther were still in first-run theaters. Yep. And I think Infinity War is like fourth or third this weekend. Oh, really? Um, I, I think. Uh, Star Wars definitely took first spot this weekend, uh, but not as high a first as some people were thinking it would be. Uh, and then Deadpool's up there and Infinity War is up there. And A Quiet Place is still in the top ten. Hmm. So we need to do an episode about that without you. Yep. Um, <laughs> Actually, I may eventually end up seeing that. Probably not in time for an episode. But it's more like a, a monster movie, right? And not a... It's a monster movie with a lot, a lot of tense, tense yeah. scenes that just ratchet the tension, ratchet the tension, jump scare. But we're still not done with the scene, so we're going to ratchet the tension some more <laughs> until we finish the scene out, you know? And yeah, but I really enjoyed that movie. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. That's right. So, so let's yeah. do it. So we're going to talk without spoilers to start with. Okay. And then uh, we'll play the spoiler organ. And we will talk with spoilers. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, and I don't want to talk about expectations that we had because <laughs> I don't. I don't think we can really do that without um, being biased. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and accidentally spoiling things. Yeah, mm, true. Um, so we're just going to do our best here uh, to not spoil you if you've not seen the movie. Uh, just to say, vague overview, what we thought, and then um, do we recommend it? And a letter grade, maybe that's number of stars, number of stars. Yeah. Yeah. How many wars? Let's let's, you know, <laughs> instead of stars, let's go with the wars. How many okay. wars out of five? But um, yeah, uh, so I'll start. Um, my vague overview of this movie is it's a Western. It's in space and it takes place in a universe that if you like Star Wars, you're familiar with. And there's things that you'll see. That you'll say, oh, I like that. Or, oh, that was, they were working really hard to put that in there. But um, it's definitely a prequel movie in the sense that they are setting up future things. And it's kind of interesting in that regard. Um, but overall, I really liked it. And I gave it on my letterboxed account uh, four stars. And, awesome. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed myself at this movie both times that I saw it. Cool. So, All right. Yeah. So well, well uh, then. Yeah, Evan. As you as you know, we are uh, famous for not agreeing on these sort of things. Yes, uh, we are. <laughs> and uh, I'm sad to say that I completely agree with everything you just said. Okay. So. Uh, is that is out of five? How many wars out of five? I guess four. Four wars out of five. Four, four wars out yep. of five. All right. On my letterboxed account. Okay. Um, and you know I wasn't picking up the western stuff. Um, but I can totally see that it's there. Uh, well, we'll talk more about it when we get into spoilers, but yeah, 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 yeah. So, do I recommend it? Absolutely. And uh, if you're a fan of Star Wars. In any way, shape, or form, I think you would you would enjoy this movie, especially if you're a fan of the original 
uh, trilogy. Lots of callbacks, and it's just a fun look behind the scenes of where Han Solo comes from. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So in my ranking, uh, this is ranked number five out of ten. Star Wars movies? Um, yeah, I didn't rank the uh, Clone Wars animated movie. and No, live-action Star Wars. Yeah, live-action Star Wars theatrical releases. I haven't ranked this yet. Ben, talk about something. Mm, I give five. Uh, <laughs> that's the spot that I gave it. Um, Return of the Jedi is my number one right now. That one changes depending on my emotional state. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is number two. Star Wars is number three. Okay, all right, I got it. I got uh, it. Last Jedi I put at number four. Uh, Rogue One is six. Force Awakens is seven. Clones is eight. Revenge of the Sith is nine, and Phantom Menace is ten for me. But yeah, so this Solo, it, it's like the Marvel movies, though. You know, um, be, being fifth place doesn't matter. You know, right, because it's it's still a place of where I really like it, but yeah. Right, okay, I've got it in my ranking. Okay, out of out of ten movies, number one being the best and ten being the worst. Here's just my whole ranking. So number ten, The Last Jedi, no surprise from anyone there. Number nine, Episode two. Number eight, Episode one. Number seven, Episode three. Number six, Star Wars Episode four. Number five, Solo, a Star Wars story. Number four, Return of the Jedi. Number three, Rogue One. Number two, Force Awakens. Number one, Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. It's an interesting list. Yeah. I'm surprised that the uh, prequels are, are so low for you. Yeah, I mean. But again, is, is, is it in a bad place to be number no. eight on your list? And that's what I said during the last Jedi episode where everybody just accused me of hate mongering. Yes, The Last Jedi is my least favorite Star Wars film, but I still like it because it's Star Wars. So, no, none of these rankings are put these in the worst movies category or even in the bad movies category. Um, but that's just where they are in the ranking of the Star Wars films. Sure. I struggle I struggle with where I put number four or uh, the original Star Wars. That That one is a floater for me. Hmm. Because I struggle, I struggle between like its historical significance, its story significance, but then in its actual how it plays out, I struggle with it. Anyway, it's understandable. Understandable. Okay, so that's the spoiler-free segment. We recommend Solo. Indeed, we do. To Star Wars fans, we do not recommend Solo to. Um, the special breed of Star Wars fans that I generally only see, not in real life, uh, but on Facebook, who are just whiny complainers, uh, who are just, uh, you know, entitled Star Wars Facebook fans. I, I, I don't recommend it to you. You're not going to like it because it, this is a movie that they made to, for fans to like. And so if you're a, a whiny Facebook fan, um, then you're not going to like it because they made it for you and, mm. and you don't want it, you know? Yep. And you're like that teenager who complains when you don't get what you want and then they give you what you want and then you complain that you got what you wanted. Um, so it's not for you. But if you're a fan 
I can understand though if you're if you're a Star Wars fan who has specific tastes, this may not be to your taste. Um, it doesn't have any Jedi's in it. Uh, we were kind of expecting. I mean, honestly, Han Solo. By the time we get to A New Hope, uh, he's doesn't believe in hokey religions, right? right, right. <laughs> so, and, and that's something I we mean, need to talk about because and that's, that's that's Rogue One as well. I mean, there's no Jedi's in that either. So it's they are kind of a different breed of Star Wars movie, and I really like them. Yeah, they, they well, those two movies are expanded universe movies in, in essence. It's like them saying, well, what's the novel behind this thing that happened, you yeah. know, and but let's do it on the screen instead. And some people might say, well, what makes this a special movie? Uh, my daughter, my one daughter was just like, yeah, I'll see it whenever you take me, dad. But I'm not really, you know, I don't really want to see it right right now. I don't care right now because it's not an episode. <laughs> you know, it's not. And and she's just not excited to go. She wanted to go. She was ready to go when it was time for us to go. She's like, okay. But her thinking was just, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll if it would have been episode nine, um, she would have wanted to go opening night hmm. and been disappointed because it was our anniversary and she couldn't go opening night. But, <laughs> um, and I, and I can understand that feeling too, but, um, this is a, this is a stylistic movie that, like that style that I was talking about is there. There's a real Western vibe to the cinematography and you and like you said, Evan, there's no Jedi in it, you know, um, spoiler, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is not in this movie and, uh, it's, Neither is Yoda. Yeah. It, it makes it a different kind of, of thing. Um, and it's definitely different than, any of the episodes really where you're just hopping from place to place and there's this plot this plot this plot this plot you know this is very much solo a star wars story it's his story so yeah i i enjoyed it and we need to talk with spoilers because yes, this is it's it's getting harder and harder to not not say spoilers so okay i'm gonna play the spoiler organ and and we'll we'll get into it Spoilers. 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 Okay, Evan. We can talk with impunity now. We can so, say what we want to say. I didn't lie. He's not a Jedi. He's a Sith Lord. Is he? He was. Not anymore. I, he's not in this movie. Right. Yeah. He's so even, I mean, his his status is criminal, right? Yes, crime crime lord. Yeah. So this takes place between uh, the original trilogy and the. Okay, well, let's just get this out of the way. Darth Maul. We're talking about Darth Maul. Yes, we are. Okay, he's and, in the movie. What in the world? So we're gonna start there. <laughs> There's no reason to start there other than you brought it up because this is a minor conversation to have. I mean, this is what forty seconds, a minute. Of screen time, maybe a really cool forty seconds of screen time, Ben. It was. And it has major implications for the canon Star Wars universe. No, it doesn't. It does because this is the most they've ever plugged directly into the the exterior lore. How does that have the implications movies. for the canon, though? 
Well, it has because, implications of it has implications for the movies that they are willing to reference and bring things in from TV or comics or whatever. Hashtag it's all connected. And I hated and it, it. Why did you hate it? Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. First of all, okay. I laughed out loud when it happened, though, because <laughs> when I took my wife to see this movie, she doesn't know much about Star Wars other than the the general stuff that she picks up because my kids are into it and she wants to be able to talk with my sons and my daughters. Okay. So she knows Han Solo, Chewbacca. I'm thinking this is the perfect movie to take her to. And it was not the perfect movie to take it to take her to because <laughs> she did not like the movie. Um, she laughed at some of the right times. And then apparently afterwards when we were driving home, she just said, yeah, I was mainly confused. Um, oh. <laughs> and, and when we went to the movie, I told her, you don't need to know anything about anything other than really who Han Solo and Chewbacca are. This is a good entry-level movie. And if you know Lando, Han Solo, Chewbacca, you're good. You're good. And so then she said, so Darth Maul is not in this? I'm like, no, there's no way. Because she hates Darth Maul. That's the one thing <laughs> that she remembers from seeing these movies in the theaters. Because she has seen all the special editions with me in theaters and she has seen episode one in the theater with me and Jar Jar Binks for a long time in our marriage was one of those go-to funny jokes where we Misa don't want, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and, but she hated Darth Maul hates Darth Maul toys that are in our house. Um, you know, even the Lego Darth Maul, she just hates it, hates Darth Maul, hates him. That's and then hilarious. he shows up and I started laughing. <laughs> Because there was Darth Maul. Yeah. But here's why I didn't like the Darth Maul thing. It's because up until this point, you there's there's sure there's things that come in that you may not understand, but they've never been important or never felt as important. So Aura Singh gets referenced. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Why? You she gets referenced and it's just this passing reference to uh, a character who showed up in episode one. There's so much episode one in this movie. So there much episode is. one in this movie. Well, she's also a main player in the Clone Wars television show. Right. And now we get to we find out kind of how she, the end of her life, yeah. right? Uh, mm -hmm. Potentially. Some people are saying that she's not dead. But uh, anyway, the point being, that doesn't matter. It's this reference to a thing that enriches people who know the lore but people have only seen the movies. It's it's just a thing that goes by because she's not even named in the movies. Right. Um, and the same with. Uh, well, I guess that's I was going to say same with Bosk. They reference Bosk. Yes. And, and stuff. But he's a he's a movie guy, although they may not have named him in the movies either. No, I, I, don't, I don't think, think they, they ever did. mentioned his name. Um, but that's that's fine. This Darth Maul thing happens. The last time you saw him on the big screen, he got cut in half and died. And so he got cut in half. Right. He got cut in half, didn't die, was presumed dead. Yes. Uh, people were confused. The people, <laughs> the person imagine. sitting in front of us, you know, uh, when I went with my kids, didn't know why. Why is Darth Maul there? He's dead. Um, I saw on Facebook where there's a guy who's like, this is the first movie I had to leave the theater and look up something because I didn't understand because I don't watch the shows. Well, that's your fault guy whoa 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 no <laughs> i'm just kidding I'm do just not kidding. act like that because no i'm totally kidding like um <laughs> if you don't have cable you can't watch the shows 
If you I, don't have I, Netflix, you can't watch the shows. If you don't have time, you can't watch the shows. And this is the first time I felt like it was kind of an. They see, they throw him out there as this important thing. And I understand maybe they're setting up to be like a really low key Thanos or something like that, maybe. Yeah. Where he's going to show up in every movie after this. But. Well, here here's my thoughts, Ben, because I, I originally was in this line of thinking as well. Like, man, this is it's one. It's really cool because I'm a fan of all the TV stuff and it's really cool to see them referencing that and bringing that stuff in. But two, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like what? the people I went with are like, wait, what? How is he alive? But and then you they, had to explain it. They do a lingering shot, though, of his robot legs. They show him before they show who it is and then they show it after they show who it is when he stands up and everything. So you could, with a second watch through, or if you're really paying attention to the first watch through, you can just based off the movie, you can piece together, oh, somehow he's alive and the robot legs, that's that goes into how he's alive. And so you don't necessarily need to know the full backstory of how he got to where he is. And secondly, I think it's kind of cool. Like uh, we were talking about this earlier today um, where they could bring him in and he could be the big bad boss guy of either the next Han Solo movie, because I assume they're going to do one, or even the Boba Fett movie. Yeah, that was what I said is – yeah. Um, I could see them actually doing that where he is Boba Fett's main antagonist and you have a crime crime lord versus bounty hunter kind of situation going on. Yeah. And, and that could work. And and honestly, if they do that, it makes this a lot less jarring. Yeah. Because they okay, here's a glimpse of him, and then in this next solo not solo, because this next um Boba Fett solo story or whatever. Uh because my first thought was, oh, well, they're talking about doing a Obi Wan Kenobi movie. Then, oh, but they've already done that in the Rebels show. Spoilers, no, yeah. They, Darth Maul is in Clone Wars, and then in Rebels, he's criminal. You know, and so this is a, this is in between those two things. So in Clone Wars, you see where he got his legs, and in Rebels, you see uh, you know some of his career path, but. Um, yeah, well, he he starts his career path in Clone Wars, and it's a pretty cool couple episodes where he's taking over the different crime syndicates and things. But I think it's really neat because really the only – we've seen some of the crime stuff. It's been Jabba the Hutt. It's been this new guy played by the Vision and uh, you know some other places here or there. But like Darth Maul, if you want a kingpin that's you know to really be afraid of. This is a great choice to be focusing on him as a bad guy in the movies. I think it's really neat. The bottom line is they're expanding the universe, and that's good. Um, but this was the the one where it's just kind of, hmm, it's not a reference. This is an actual an actual plot point, plot development. Yeah. Well, and they keep dropping hints of there. there's a bigger boss. Yes. Yes, they did. And that had me wondering throughout the movie, who could this be? Because I, I assumed it would be someone we knew. Yeah, I didn't assume that. Reveal. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I felt like... And I was just like, who who could it be? Yeah, for me, it was just waiting to see. And, and then, like... I, I certainly didn't expect Darth Maul. <laughs> but, yeah. No, but I, 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 
yeah, I didn't expect it to be anyone. I just, okay. and, uh, you know, there's always a bigger fish, you know, and I just expected it to be another bigger fish. And I certainly didn't expect what happened in the, in this thing with the, her not quite double crossing. I mean, she protected Han, but then she basically like, I'm, I'm taking this guy's place. I'm taking this yeah, guy's yacht, yeah. I'm taking his ring. And I'm gonna go see you at Darthomir or whatever. You, however you say that. Yeah, yeah, and that's that. Not, not Darthomir, Dathomir. Yeah, D- Dathomir or something yeah. like that. But it's the, it has a bunch of ancient Sith stuff on it, and it's where we meet up with Darth Maul for the first time in the Rebels TV series. But do you want to know why I don't think Darth Maul is being set up for a solo trilogy? Why? Because Han Solo doesn't believe in the Force and. If he's like very true, if if Darth Maul is like the big bad behind a, a solo trilogy, uh, then that means either we are setting up a situation where Han Solo never connects with his big bad. We're setting up a scenario where it's wrong, like he sees the force get used, but doesn't believe in it still. Um, or we're setting up a scenario where uh, some some reason or another, when he confronts Darth Maul, there's no force that gets used. And and so I I yeah. don't I don't think hmm. we're setting up Darth Maul as a um a big bad for a solo series. I think we're setting up Darth Maul as a uh, presence in a couple other movies that are coming up. Uh, who knows? Maybe Good even point. maybe even Episode Nine. I mean, <laughs> y- you never know. Ah, uh, I don't think so. Well, yeah, you're right, but <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. Well, we talked about we talked about the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, where do I start? Characters, plot, theme, or style? Let's do the plot. All right. Uh, so this is step one, where it feels like a western, and that is it's all about crimes. It's all about it's it's about um, robbing a train. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, robbing a, a mining colony. I mean, if this movie had been a Western, they would have been able to do almost everything the same. The yeah, the slaves of the mining colony that that very easily could have been a coal mining colony. It could have been a uh, um, a prison where they're they're mining for for this that or the other thing. I mean, it, the Millennium Falcon could have been a horse or a really sleek wagon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's one breakdown there, but the whole idea of um the Kessel Run uh, in a western could have been uh, you know a canyon. Yeah, Indian territory. Uh and so you okay, well, this is you, you can't go that way because of the rap. Oh, that's it. The Millennium Falcon would be um a boat of some sort maybe. A boat. Yeah. You can't go down the rapids that way or something. I don't know. But um it's all of the setup, all the plot stuff could easily, with very little differences to dialogue, um, be be transferred to a to a western. I agree, and and that made it kind of fun uh, for me. Um, I mean, even yeah, I even that civil war, you know, the, the 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 war stuff on was it Mimba? I don't know with the mud troopers. Yeah, yeah. Even that's that that could have easily been. You know, here's a battle in the civil war you know and um yeah e- easily could have been a western yeah i 
I enjoy how I didn't pick up on any of that. Because on the what, Western stuff? Yeah, because <laughs> Westerns aren't my my thing. But I, I just really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed having another movie just set in the Star Wars universe. I don't care who it's about. I mean, I just like it in this universe. It's fun to go back to a familiar place in fiction and get more stories told there. Well, what else is fun about it is seeing background, expanding universe, mud troopers, you know, like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing early days of the Empire. Yeah. Uh, seeing the shipyards of uh, Corellia. That was cool seeing Corellia. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. So, th- I mean, there's there's all that with it. But then you have beyond that, I mean all the twists turns double crosses and that kind of thing, but it's all character driven, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, a, a double cross is going to be character driven if, if it's going to matter. And, and it did, they all mattered. Uh, the surprises, they, they all came at the right moment. Um, there were times you could be a couple steps ahead, but you didn't know that you needed to be. That's that's what my kids kept saying is they weren't expecting all the twists because they weren't expecting there to be a twist. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the, the whole movie is just a fun ride. Because you don't know the only characters, you know, are Chewie, Han and Lando. And the rest of them are just like, what are they going to do? You know, you're not expect you don't know what to expect from them. And and then you know what to expect from Han and Lando, so you never know what they're really thinking. It's just very fun. Yeah, well, and so, you, yeah, you go into this knowing Han Solo can't die. Chewbacca yes. won't die. Lando can't die. Uh, Han's girlfriend, she can totally die. When's <laughs> she going to die? Yeah, she could. She could. I, I didn't expect them to kill her off. Oh, I totally did. Um, I didn't expect... Like, I didn't expect what they did, but I didn't expect. No, her to kill yeah, them. I was I was totally expecting her to die at the end because Leia, he's got to get with Leia. Well, yeah, yeah. But this is 10 years before that. Yeah. Um, now, uh, instead of Han's girlfriend dying, Lando's girlfriend died. So that was that was also <laughs> oh, unexpected. <gosh. laughs> and and they explain why C3PO and R2D2 are talking to the Millennium Falcon. Yep, they totally do. Yes. Which was great. <laughs> I think it's a wonderful addition. Yeah, no. To, that's what Tim said. That's why the Millennium Falcon has such an attitude. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And <laughs> Okay, I was talking about this today. The Millennium Falcon. What are Han and Chewie doing inside that ship that is making it that dirty when it was that pristine when they got it? Well, okay, two things, though. One, Lando is immaculate. Yeah, very true. And so he is – what was cool about this was it added a lot of depth to the Lando character even without doing much of just, he's all about the image. Yeah. He has a cape room. Yeah. Yeah. He has a cape room and (laughs) he, these are expensive capes. Some of them, Mm -hmm. uh, the one that she uses for her fire to put out the fire as she's like hitting the fire. He's like, no, that's a custom cape, you know? (laughs) Um, 
I, I see him as a guy who I don't know any other, other stuff about his background in this setting of, of this new, you know, the Disney, um, expanded universe or whatever. Um, but he's someone who cares about the external and what it, what do I look like? What does my ship look like? Cause it's gorgeous on the outside and on the inside. Now it gets beat yeah. up on the outside big time. Yeah. They definitely do some explaining of, of why everybody refers to it as a piece of junk. Uh, well, although here, I just thought about this though. One of the things they might be doing is putting it through the ringer and having more fires and smoke and stuff like that. And how do you very true? Yeah. How, how do you ventilate something in space? True. Yeah. I mean, and I and I was suggesting maybe they have herded nerfs in the past. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Um, okay, here's one thing that did bother me though that I caught in the theater. Yeah, was the when they're getting the uh, whatever the hi- the hyperdrive fuel and bringing it onto the Millennium Falcon, they put it in the compartments below the floor. But in Episode Four, Han says he had them installed special. For smuggling. Well, Plus. maybe maybe it's not so much that he had the the actual pockets installed, but he had smuggling buffers installed so that sensors couldn't, you know, penetrate into those compartments. We'll go with that. That might work. Yeah. By the way, okay. We, we're, we're coming into more Star Wars plot holes with this film because um, this film and The Last Jedi, because all you got to do is drop a thing full of hyperdrive fuel on the enemy. And they're dead. It's the equivalent of a nuclear bomb. It blew up a mountain. All you got to do is build a ship with a hyperdrive and then shoot that ship at hyperspeed into the enemy fleet and you win. Well, Yes and no. That was unrefined. Yeah. No, no, no. no it wasn't. Yeah, the that train was, wasn't. It wasn't. wasn't. Yeah. Huh. There you go. Well, it's so precious. Yeah, there's so few of it. You're right. Why would they waste it as weapons? No, you, you can't waste it as weapons because you got to get where you got to go. Yeah. And you got to, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more kyber crystals than there are hyperdrive fuel. So we'll just collect all of that and use it as weapons. Well, the kyber crystals, they, do they get drained? Like, is it I once you, one I guess, time I guess use? reusable. Yeah, I, I guess they're like reusable. Putting the energy through it, you know? All right, all right. You get the no price. <laughs> well, ah, man. So, um, okay, more, more any more with the plot? I mean, we, we have the twists, we have the turns, and that you're either going to go with or you're not going to go with it. Yeah. What did you think of the, the Kessel Run? That, not what I was picturing. No, but it's perfect. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was perfect. It was cool. And and it uh, Okay, so this is where we get into some prequelitis, right? And so this is where they felt like, okay, we're going to make this and we're going to fix things. You know, so they we're going to fix the whole parsecs thing. When Han Solo says made the castle run in what 13 parsecs, 12 parsecs or whatever. 12 parsecs, yeah. Um parsecs are a measurement of distance, not of time. And, but it sounds like he's bragging that the Millennium Falcon made the Kessel Run in a short period of time, shorter right. than anyone else has, because it's a fast ship. Here, they have said, well, that is not a mistake. <laughs> they they did the no prize. 
because the Kessel Run is all about distance. You can't do it in less than 20 parsecs because that's the path you have to take. Mm-hmm. And it's like if it was a Western, it'd be a canyon, you know, and you're riding through the canyon and you have to go the 20 miles. It's going to take us 20 miles. <laughs> nope, nope. We're going to cut through over here through this cave. Well, and here's another thing that somebody pointed out. <laughs> it's like, you know, because when you hear Kessel Run, all my life I've thought, well, this is some sort of race, you know, like pod racing or some sort of a competition where you put it, you, you get your name on the board, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon, their name is at the top of the board, famous throughout the galaxy. Nope, there was five people who witnessed this, and so Han's just been telling people about it. <laughs> so it's all just on his word that his reputation and the ship's reputation are spread, which is kind of funny. Yeah, but then <laughs> that's kind of funny, but it also is very character driven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that totally feels like uh, something his character would be. I got to make sure that I let people know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I totally I totally agree. I mean, And when you look back at the times that's been mentioned in the in the movies, it's kind of, you know, it's not like other people are mentioning it. Yeah. But then along with that, uh I can't remember the context, but I remember C-3PO saying something about being sent to the spice mines of Kessel. That was the opening scene of A New Hope. Uh, Okay, so you have the Kessel run, but you also have this already, the the spice mines of Kessel is there. So it's a race that starts where there's, you know, mines. Spice mines, yeah. Yeah, and they do great with this where the whole, the whole, uh, the whole trick for them is we're going to give you some slaves if you give us some of your spice. And and then that's what gets them entrance into the spice mines so they can get down to the below part of the spice mines where the the fuel stuff is. <laughs> it's It's so great. And I, you know, this is just, for me, it's so wonderful because it's adding more things. If you watch it in chronological order, you're going to get a lot more references that are made later in the original trilogy. And I just love that. It's not just random sci-fi jargon that the characters are saying. Now you have faces and names to attach to these things, and it is a lot more meaningful. So I really like that a lot. Yeah, and also you could also say the exact opposite of what you just said is if you've watched it in the order that has come at us, you are getting the context now and be like, Oh, that's what they were talking about. Okay. Instead of, Oh, here's the thing. And now we're going to reference it later. And so it works both ways Mm. and it could be, here's the thing. I want to talk later about the Indiana Jones references and (laughs) and the Indiana Jones, not references necessarily, but I was reminded of the first three Indiana Jones in this movie uh, at three different points. Okay. All right. Um, well, I might as well go there now. Okay. So All right. the first time I was reminded of it um, was the whole slave labor where they're all like their shackles are coming off and they're escaping. I was reminded of temple of doom. The third time I was reminded was I saw the uh, idol from the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. Now, I didn't notice it until my second viewing. I'm um, very proud of myself because I noticed it on the first one. I didn't notice the other stuff, though. Everyone talks about how it was the crystal skull 
that's the reference to Indiana Jones that Ron Howard was talking about when nope. he says there's a reference to Indiana Jones. Nope. And I even saw an article that was like, here's um, Indiana Jones and Han Solo. They, they, they take place in the same universe, you know, because we have the crystal skull. No, no, it's, it's the idol uh, from yes. the crystal skull is actually from the book cover of a Han Solo from the original Han Solo trilogy of expanded universe novels before it was expanded universe. So back when there was only seven novels during that time between Star Wars and Return of the Jedi, they did a Han Solo trilogy. They did a Lando Carosian trilogy, and then they did uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is also referenced in this movie. The planet where the mud is, that's from Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Nice. Um, but the yeah, the crystal the skull, skull is from the cover of a book. Yeah, the skull in the, in the movie trilogy. looks nothing like the crystal skull from Indiana Jones. No, no. But the third thing, which is actually the second one that I thought about, was uh, Last Crusade. And that's where the first 20 minutes of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, we explain where he got his whip, where he got his hat, where he got his scar, on his where chin. he got his scar where he got his interest in archaeology and all the things that makes Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones were explained to us in that 20 minute prequel thing from Indiana Jones, and the last crusade. It'll happen on the same day. Yeah. And it was all on the same day. <laughs> and so that's, that's the vibe that I got here. There's a little bit of a, let's check off the list, you know? Yeah. yeah. Here's how he got his gun. Here's how he got his ship. Here's how he got his partner. Um, here's how he heard about Jabba the Hutt the first time. Here's how he, um, was part of the empire here, part of the Imperial Navy. Uh, it's like all these things just check, 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 check. To be fair though, they do span it out across three or four years. Uh, they span out. No, not really. I mean, the stuff from three years ago isn't really the stuff that we're, that we're looking for. You know, the ship, the, yeah, the I guess so. Lando, Chewbacca, all that stuff, all the stuff takes place in this very short period of time. And, and when I say short period of time, two hours and 14 minutes. Okay. Like that's, that's what I mean. Um, and it got very close, very dangerously close to almost getting me to start rolling my eyes. Um, but see, I love all that stuff. I don't care. I do. I mean, when it becomes a thing where you're just trying to like, I'm just going to fit this in. I'm just going to fit this reference in. I'm just going to get this. Oh, we got, we got to reference this, this, and this, and this. We got to reference as many things as we can. And that's dangerous because yeah, I, I agree with that. They, but they did it well here. That's why I say it almost got to that point. Yeah, it didn't, but there was a point in the movie where I was just, uh, Oh, I think it's probably when the millennium Falcon was trying to escape the, the maw and, so you lose the dish, you lose the escape pod, you lose the gun. I like you, the escape pod. Yeah, well, but I mean, all these things happen to make the Millennium Falcon become the Millennium Falcon we're familiar with. Right. That we know he's going to eventually get. Um, and and that at that point, it's like, oh, man, they, did they have to show everything? <laughs> like they did. They showed us everything except for why it's so dingy on the inside. Uh, so that was almost, and I think that that's probably a, a complaint that, that some people might have. 
I think some people just hated how much we got, like the level that we got. And I, I mean, if you're going to do a Han Solo origin story, you've got to put some of that stuff in there. Otherwise, what's the point? The you point know? is to tell a good story. Yeah, but there's I mean, a lot of other factors that go into it. I mean, this is a beloved character. We want to see the things of how he got the way he is. Yeah, somewhat. But then we also want a good story. Yeah. And references can get in the way of a good story. And in, in this case, it, it came close for me. And I know it went over the line for other people. Um, what do you think about how they met? How Chewbacca and, and Han Solo met? I like that. That was really fun. Yeah. Especially when you realize what the beast is. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I guess at some level I had a, a preconceived notion of how I thought they would meet. But now I can't remember what that would have been. You know, did he fly fly over to Kashyyyk and stop in, see Lumpy and, you know, Chewbacca and his grandpa and you know well the whole life debt thing now i haven't read any of the books so i don't know what the actual life debt was other than i know there was a life debt that chewbacca owes to han solo that has to do with something like han solo saved his life or something Mm -hmm. like that none of that is mentioned here and it really is just they are becoming loyal to each other because they are they're surviving together and Chewbacca has his chance to go with the other Wookiees. He's like, no, I'm going to go over here because this guy helped me and I'm going to go help him. And it's I like more... how Han, Han speaks some Chewie <laughs> or some yeah. Wookiee. Yeah, that's what it is. And, and you know that the reason you don't do that is because you sound really stupid to them. Yeah. Like yeah. that's. <laughs> I love how they gave us the subtitles. <laughs> Yeah, but only when Han was doing it. Right. <laughs> Not when Chewie's doing it. That's uh, <laughs> great. I, I also enjoyed seeing the droids being enslaved in the Spice Mines of Kessel, and you get a, you get to see what would have happened to R2 and C-3PO if they would have been sent there. And then the Millennium Falcon frees them all. <laughs> yeah. Well. In, in the way only she can. But at the same time, they're going to go back to it because C-3PO is worried about it in the, in the original trilogy. And yeah. So, I mean, Mm. they, they, that group of slaves maybe escapes, but the spice mines are going to go back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a whole planet and that was just like one mine. Yeah. Well, maybe that might be the only one. Maybe it's not, but it's a small rebellion. And, so, okay, so that's story. That's plot. Uh, you want to talk about characters, uh, themes, or or style next? Themes. Okay. Uh, what's the big theme you see in this movie? Han shot first, Ben. That's not a theme. Han shot first. It's not a theme. The giant setup to explain to us that Han shot first. No, that's that that bugged me. Why? Why did that bug you? Because the only reason it was in the movie in that way was because of fans. I nodded with smug approval. Yeah, smug. That's a good word for it. Um, 
No, but, I, I mean, but what a great way to It's a to great say. moment. It's a great moment, <laughs> but I hated the fact that they had that they felt like we got to fix this. Oh, I, I loved it. I was like, what a what a great response to the special edition that you didn't like. Let's just make a whole movie just for that. No, that's <laughs> I thought it was great. No, I, I I can understand, and I know lots of people loved it. I know and they loved it. That's why I love Battleship because it's all just one giant setup for them to actually play Battleship in a blockbuster movie and take it seriously. From that moment on, I was sold, sold. That's and now I love Battleship. Good, that's really good. But see, here's the problem. The moment got ruined because of meta stuff for me. As far as like the whole showdown, the West. I mean, this is this is the the uh, quick draw contest kind of thing where, you know, it's high noon. The Cowboys are standing, you know, facing off. They're they're reaching for their gun, but they're not moving yet. And and Han draws before he draws. And, he draws while he's still giving the speech. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, and I loved it. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> you know why they did that? See, I loved it. And then I was like, oh, you know why they did that? That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. You can take that smug grin of approval and you can frame it and put it with everybody else's. But for me, it was just kind of a uh, it, it lessened the moment for me. Oh, Ben, Ben, Ben. You got to remember who you're talking to here. I'm the one who loves the special editions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. Fine. So I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah, stick it to George Lucas. Take that. I just, I just thought it was funny. I thought it was good. And it, it was a battleship moment for me, which is a good thing. <sighs> yeah. But you see, you didn't notice the battleship moment that I noticed. Which part is that? That was how all of the alien missiles land like pegs on the ships. Oh, yeah. In Battleship. In Battleship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, no, I, that is really clever. I love that. And no, I noticed the part where they, they bring up the grid on the screen and they're like, before hit. <laughs> it's just cracking up. And I was like, this is amazing. Because I thought it was just going to be Battleship in name only. But no. No, they actually do it. No, they, they go all to. the way. They had to. <laughs> so good. <sighs> we should do We need to do a commentary then on for what? the people on Battleship. We need to do a. Oh, my a, goodness. A live commentary. Me and you. Do uh, it. We could do a live commentary of that five minutes, maybe. Oh, <laughs> what would we talk about? The part where he goes and gets the burrito and gets tased. Ah, uh, so funny. <laughs> turn me against the movie. It's oh, not ben. so funny. It's so ben, stupid. Ben, ben. That was uh, the okay. moment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's, uh, uh, that's not a theme, but okay. The whole hand shot first. That's, mm-hmm. um, no themes, like things that the movie is saying, like, we're better when we're not alone. Han Solo doesn't have a people. It's true. But he finds a people. You know, what's the difference between a tribe and a family? And Han starts the movie alone and ends the movie with a best friend. Yeah. yeah. And we need that. We need that best friend. Um, 
Yeah, powerful moment with oh, the, the multiple arm guy when he dies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, feeding into that, you know, I don't want to die alone. It's good not to die alone. And, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, how'd you like how he got his last name, by the way? Also the I name of this it. movie. You loved I it? I didn't love it. I liked it. I you, thought it was good. You didn't find it cheesy at all? No. He's got to get it some way. I mean, yeah, it could be his last name, but it <laughs> like, was fine. It could have just been it. his name. And they never had to explain that. Like, I don't have to go around explaining why I'm named Avery. Like, that's just my name. It's given to me. Now, I've got the fun story behind Gene, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, I I liked it because it, it does add to that thing. Like, he's so alone and he's so without a family that he doesn't have a last name. Yeah, they had I, to give him one. I don't I mind like that. that. I don't mind that. I wish it would have been him. I, I wish it would have been him giving it to himself. And I don't think it matters to me. Yeah, I think it's really cheesy. Okay. Yeah. You know what wasn't cheesy? What? what was? What? Was them using the Imperial March as the official Empire theme song for the recruiting Yeah, that's kind of fun. I love that. That's kind of fun. <laughs> um. <laughs> and they played it a little bit more upbeat. I want to get the soundtrack and listen to that version of it. Like yeah, it's, it's, more a, like a it's an amazing key. Tone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not the first time I've seen that kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, what they did it in Battlestar Galactica for a, uh, a documentary about the fleet. And, and I, I can't remember all the context behind it, but it was basically um, some form of, of propaganda that they were doing uh, for, for the people. And they used the original series theme song done as a march in in the um the remake of, of Battlestar Galactica and it's kind of a it's happening and you kind of just realize oh that's what i'm hearing and <laughs> it's the same thing here um speaking of all the music cues it's kind of getting into style but uh they they did some interesting references of the motifs from the the leaf motifs from the the original trilogy yeah. um and and some of it felt a little out of place but not quite uh, but they in that Kessel run empire strikes back music is all over that one mm. and i just i just noticed the handful of times they threw in the the main theme well a yeah bit. yeah um uh, and what about uh, the crazy like tribal choral music that they were doing dude. with the swoop bike gang okay so first of all swoop bike gang it's the train and here they come riding the their horses. horses you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I didn't, of course I didn't notice it the first time. Cause I didn't know the twist with, uh, what is her name? Nest. Yeah. Whatever her name is. Surprise. She's a girl, a teenage girl. No, surprise. They're good guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I didn't know the twist. And so she gets her own wonder woman theme. Yeah. You remember, you remember how it's just wonder woman would show up in, in, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's cool. And she gets her own theme. And I'm like, why yeah. does this criminal get his own theme? And it's like, no. She she's gets her hero. own theme because she is a hero. She's a re- yeah. she's early rebellion. And that was kind of cool. And see, that's the kind of world building and origin stuff that is cool because you're not expecting to get origin stuff for like early rebellion before the rebels show. You know, this yeah. is 
it's not 10 years before rebels, but it's, um, you know, a few years before rebels and yeah, I loved her theme. That was awesome. Especially when I realized, Oh, that's why she gets her theme. And the second time I was watching it and the theme comes up and they're coming to, you know, do the whole train thing. I'm like, yeah, Yeah, it's a hero moment. It's yeah. Hans with the bad guys. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and then you're like, well, wait a minute. Her people are killing them. Because her people killed Laurent Rocket Raccoon <laughs> with four arms. Yeah. yeah. Um, her people killed him, except for one thing. It's, he it, was it shooting was, at them. Well, I mean, they, they boarded the ship and started shooting. And, like, he's, he's telling them to get off the ship. But they're not boarding the ship of a nice guy that we like. They're boarding the ship of someone who works for Darth Maul. Yeah. Ultimately. Uh, or uh, whatever Vision. theme. Vision. Yes. Yeah. Paul Bettany. But yeah, that was, that was a great moment. Um, the second time around. And and the reveal was a great moment the first time around. And this is where you're getting into also apes together strong. That's, that's our big <laughs> theme here. Um, and then also, you know, you have a guy who wants to be bad. And he just can't. Like, Han Solo? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's totally in line with his character. It's like, I'm not the good guy. I'm, I've done all this and yeah. this. I'm, I'm, I'm a, bad. I'm an outlaw. Trust me. Yeah. And he's really happy about it. Yeah. He's like, I finally done it. I'm an outlaw. Let's go join the gangster on Tatooine. Well, and he is an outlaw, Woo-hoo! but she is a criminal. Like, she's bad. Or, yeah. It, yeah. It, it has done some really bad things or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, the stuff he does in this movie, and that's, again, it reminds me, and this is getting into style, too, but the just the way they're, they have to walk across these landscapes and stuff like that. And when he's returning back after the whole stuff with Beckett and this, you know, all that stuff happens, he returns with the stuff. And that's it just reminds me of the 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 nameless hero who who rides into town. Um, you know, he has a price for what he needs to do but he helps the townspeople anyway and doesn't take their money, you know? And, uh, this is, this is the fun stuff for me is seeing early development of the character. I don't care about where he got his blaster. His that's dumb. Uh, I mean, it's not, but like he could get his blaster anywhere. He can just buy a blaster anywhere. I don't need to know where he got that blaster, but I do want to know where's he coming from. And this movie does that. Well, it shows him, three years ago it shows him experiences in the imperial navy and not in the navy it shows him getting those first moments where he has to choose what am i going to do i'm I'm confronted with these people who have been tortured by criminals criminals i'm working for right now by the way (laughs) what am i going to do that's the the origin stuff i want to see the other stuff is window dressing and it gets dangerously close to being cheesy, but the character stuff does not get close to being cheesy. Not at all. In my book, anyway. I like seeing where he got his blaster. See? <laughs> I didn't need to see that. I didn't need to see it either, but it was kind of nice. Just, you know, yeah. That way, when you're watching through in chronological order later, you can say, oh, yeah, it's the same blaster. It's kind of cool. Uh, I know where he came from. Yeah. It, doesn't really matter doesn't really matter now seeing the relationships form though that does matter seeing him and Chewie together 
that matters. Seeing him and Lando together, that matters. Uh, those are fun moments. Those are the things for me that matter. And wow. I, and not watching it in chronological order, it's kind of fun because you've seen them play off each other. If you do watch it in chronological order, which is impossible for almost everyone who's a Star Wars fan right now, but if you do watch it in chronological order, you get to see, oh, hey, Han and Chewie, they're cool. And then, oh, hey, they're back. And they're helping Luke Skywalker. That's cool. And Why is it almost impossible? For you to watch it in chronological order the first time? Oh, yeah, I can't do technically that speaking, the first time. Technically speaking, you're never watching it in chronological order. I can never watch it in chronological for order. For the first time? No, because anytime I sit down to watch it in chronological order, when I put in episode one right now, like I did two days ago, I put in episode one, I've already seen all the movies. The last movie I saw was Last Jedi. And yeah. So chronological order cannot happen except for like if I can I could try and pretend that I haven't seen the stuff before I guess you can try no you can watch it in chronological order of course you've seen it before it doesn't matter well I mean you can put them in that order and, and watch them in that order but you yeah. you have not seen them in chronological order no not for the first time no or the second <laughs> or probably the third and all that stuff is there when you're watching episode one. It's Which just, it's all there. It's all there in your head. So it's technically speaking, not chronological order for you. Whatever. But new fans will be able to see Solo before they see Star Wars. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, new fans in about five years. Yeah. More importantly see Rogue One before you see Star Wars. That is a great double feature. Yeah. So anyway, um, anything else with themes? I mean, there's a lot of stuff with people are, you know, people are predictable and, and that kind of thing where it's really more cynical. And I think that's the, that's the interesting thing about Han Solo's character is he wants to be cynical. He has yeah. lived a life that has pushed him toward being cynical. He tries to be cynical, but when push comes to shove, he knows there's a moral code. Yep. He knows there's real morality and he knows that while he might have a cynical view of other people, he can't act cynically. He has to help. Yep. And, and that's, that's a hero. That's a hero. I am curious if we're ever going to get in film form the story of when he finds out. Not necessarily. I don't. I don't want to see what. Um, uh, what's his girlfriend's name? I can't remember. I can't either. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't need to see what she's done. But I'm very curious. Again, these are origin things that are character things. What's his reaction going to be when he actually finds out what she's done? And there's some interesting things you can do with that. Mm -hmm. one, one being he doesn't care, you know, like it, he finally finds out. He's like, that's, uh, it, that's okay. Because you're going against that now. Or I don't know, but yeah. Uh, so you, should we talk about characters? Sure. I mean, we've pretty much covered most of them. We, we didn't talk about Beckett. We didn't talk about Beckett. We haven't talked about L3. Um, yeah. 
which is uh, low rent TV Korg. Like, I just felt like, oh, what am I seeing here? What is this? And well, it, it's another sassy droid, just like uh, what's his name from Rogue One. Oh, but this one is super sassy. Yeah, like she is very, very sassy. Very, I don't know what to say. Uh, I mean, we've had sassy droids, uh, but this one, she takes it to eleven. Oh, she's she's an activist too. Yeah. She's got a personality and <laughs> and she knows Lando has a crush on her, but she's not into it. So just yeah. try to help me out with that. Well, the the whole thing with, with the crush is is kind of fun because they just sound like an old married couple. Yeah. You know, like and it's almost like they're just like some old married couples where they're they're just together because we've always been together, you know, and <laughs> there's no there's no turning back well and when she is mortally wounded lando's reaction to that is crazy yeah yeah almost laughable (laughs) it's yeah yeah because like obi-wan dies and they're like luke no get on the millennium falcon and they get him on there (laughs) you know i don't feel like he would have had that same reaction for r2 or c3po granted they known each other for far less time um but lando no same position as luke skywalker and ben but then he goes and just throws himself in the middle of the war zone (laughs) picking up half her body trying to carry it back onto the millennium falcon yeah yeah but he sells it yeah yeah you you gotta he he did a great job of playing lando too oh my goodness a lot of the vocal inflections yeah yeah great job yeah, um, I, I heard from an interview with the actor where with uh, the guy who plays Han Solo, where they said, we don't want you to do Han Solo. We don't want you to do Harrison Ford. We want you to do the character. And and the way he kind of approached it was, what if he was doing, um, you know, the Johnny Cash story where he would play Johnny Cash, but he's not going to like try and imitate Johnny Cash. And mm-hmm. um, he would. But with Lando. I felt like there's some imitation going on there and it oh, sounded yeah. perfect. Yeah. It I think you almost perfect. have to because he's, he's much more, has a much more distinctive, even just his voice, the way yeah. he says things, yeah. you have to do it the right way. It's like, if you're going to play Darth Vader, you have to kind of imitate James Earl Jones. Well, but then, and then you have like uh, Chris Pine playing Captain Kirk where yeah. there's only one s- or twice where you really feel like he's doing Shatner. Yeah. You know, and, and the one time is really, it's just at the end of the movie when the crew is on the, the bridge all together, getting ready to fly away. And it feels Shatner and it, and it feels right because this is the moment where he's captain Kirk, you know, yeah. not, not field promotion captain, but like actual captain. Um, I, two of the moments for me was when he's getting the allergy shots you know, he, where he's having that terrible allergic reaction. Oh. He's kind of overreacting and Bones is trying to you know, oh. stop it. I thought I could see it coming through there, too. Um, Chewbacca, though, I the guy who plays Chewbacca, <laughs> I this this may be bad. He does a much better job. <laughs> really? Than Peter Mayhew? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like he actually 
and this is nothing against Peter Mayhew. I mean, he Chewbacca in the original trilogy doesn't move well. Mm. You know, he, 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 he st- and, and this guy, there's a more of a physicality to him and, and it's more bestial almost, but I guess he, he also plays Chewbacca in the, in the, um, the new movies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But in this one, I really just felt that, especially, I guess it starts with the, the beast cage that Han Solo gets thrown into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this guy emotes a lot more um, than in the original trilogy. I feel like the emotion really comes more from the voice and less from the movement. And and this guy, like when they're talking at the bottom and again, they're leaning on the rail on the bottom of that ship as they're getting ready to go and do the, the uh, train heist mm-hmm. and just the, the movements that you get from, from Chewbacca uh, just carries a lot more, communication and emotional weight than the original. So <laughs> that's my take. I hope I don't, I don't know if anyone else even cares, but I could also see people being like, what you crazy. I think it's cool how they're, how, how they're blending the practical and special effects or visual effects. Yeah. Um, because that worm gangster lady, practical effect uh for most of it but then of course they add the digital stuff when her skin is blistering and things and chewbacca like they i noticed they're using cgi to make his mouth move a little bit uh so you can get a little bit more natural mouth movement out of him oh i didn't even notice that yeah uh, in that very scene where they're doing the the railing um but of course, everything else about him is the practical effect. So I, I'm really liking how they're blending those things. And you could tell that the speeders chase at the beginning, some of that was practical as well. Well, <laughs> the thing with Chewbacca's mouth in the original trilogy, it's like a hand puppet. Right, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just his chin <laughs> is moving up and down and that thing is moving up and down. I just figured they had, you know, more uh, little little mechanical bits in there. So I, I, I thought they were going more with like the... Uh, you know, Ninja Turtle kind of thing with his mouth. I know there was one point you could definitely tell it was digital. Wow. When you say you could tell, you could tell, but I could okay. not tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not. They they got me. Um, yeah. Okay. The worm lady at the beginning, this is kind of style thing too, but I was, I went to dark crystal. Like, I'm just like, oh my goodness, this just feels like the dark crystal. Like I was just thinking, Man, Han Solo sure knows a bunch of slug people. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like that she was just this kind of weird thing. The sunlight bothered her. That's why everything's so dark in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then her main enforcer guy uh, also just made me feel like I was looking at the Skizex from from Dark Crystal, where he's kind of in this robe and you can't see his face really. And his, his face extends beyond what a human's face would, would be. And, um, the way he's moving, you don't see leg movement in behind the robes, but the arms are moving. And, um, that whole bit there, it just felt kind of dark crystalish to me. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, those, those were some, that was a good puppet. The, the, the lady there, the, the mm-hmm. slug lady. But um, see other characters. 
Uh, oh, the bad guy, Voss. Yeah. Dryden uh, Voss. Yeah, he... Great villain. Yeah. I mean, he's just a straight-up bad guy. Just yep. a criminal mob boss guy. He's, really he's makes good. you feel uncomfortable because yep. you don't know what he's going to do next. He's unpredictable, but he's also completely well, evil. <laughs> and you know he doesn't. he wouldn't think twice about killing you. Why? Because he killed someone. That's the first time you see him. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So style, we've talked a little bit about style, but the whole movie, there's the use of color and light is really well done. Um, Corellia inside the, their place where they're staying. Yeah. It's all blue, you know, mm-hmm. and then you move to places that are orange and, um, when they escape though, and they're in the, the speeder and it's just all of a sudden bright. Yeah. And, you know, See that, I think this is another thing that I really liked about this movie is there's a lot of planet hopping and that's what I really love. And that was one of my complaints about the last Jedi where there wasn't a lot of that. And so there, it was fun getting like kind of a grand, an, another grand tour of a different part of the galaxy, seeing all the different worlds and things. Yeah. What's different is, you know, the planet hopping is all, one guy we're just following him from planet to planet to planet and that makes for a different style yeah and what's wrong with that nothing you know this is about han solo it's it's interesting too though um because we had the force awakens we have now beginning to end we have his origin we find out a little bit about his dad. We don't know much about like his childhood, but we see his youth and where he's grown up and we see his death. Yep. And we see him and Chewbacca get to know each other here. We see Chewbacca, you know, roaring after, after his death. And there's, there's some cool stuff to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also stylistically, well, we already talked about the Western, but it's filmed like a Western too, with all the vistas and the, you know, the, the mountains and I was reminded of, um, you know, there's so many shots where it's just, they're really tiny on the screen and they're just shot against this like amazing mountain range or beach setting or, yeah. or just, gray, empty sky. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool shot. And it's, there's a lot of use of emptiness. Yeah. Uh, which kind of goes into the theme also of, you know, being, being solo or not. And yeah, it's, it's, this is a really well done movie. So this brings me to maybe my, my biggest question. How much is Ron Howard and how much is what Lord and Lord and Miller Miller? Mm. Yeah. Uh, they say 80%. I mean, Ron Howard gets sole director's credit on this. Yeah. I would think that most of it is Ron Howard. So what isn't? What's the spots where it's not Ron Howard? The goofy, funny parts. That's what I'm wondering. Yep. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I love how they flipped the line of, I've got a bad feeling about this. That yeah, I wish that had not been in the trailers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me too. But it's still good. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I do think I heard the Wilhelm scream. Okay. I have to go back and... And see if I if 
if it was just a scream that was similar or if it was the actual one, but it was a stormtrooper, the, the motorcycle cop actually, um, when he flips his, Oh, right. Flips his speeder. And so we'll, we'll find out about that later. Um, I'm not going to watch this again in the near future because I've already seen it twice in just a, fe- a few days. <laughs> I'm, you know, want something else. Uh, I did watch a kind of counterpoint to this movie recently. Um, actually just yesterday called everything beautiful is far away and it's on Hulu. And, uh, it was just a really low budget, quiet, uh, <laughs> the way I, I reviewed it was gentle Mad Max <laughs> where it's, it's it just takes place in a desert. There's two characters and a robot and they meet one person along the way. And that's it as far as cast goes. And uh, it was kind of fun to go from this big, expansive, expensive movie to this kind of small, just conversations of people walking along the desert looking for spare parts to fix a robot. Hmm. And I I liked it. So I'm going to throw that out there, too, as we're talking about Solo. Um, That that also is a... Yeah. Check it out. I, I recommend it. Cool. So... Um, anything we're missing then? Okay, there's plenty we're missing. I know that. But anything you want to talk about that we're missing? Not that I can think of. All right. I'm trying to think as well. I I made some notes, but I haven't actually used them. So maybe I should bring those up and see. Um, let's see here. Dark Crystal talked about that. Indiana Jones talked about that. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy definitely fit into the, I think, some of the style stuff they were trying to do here. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be everywhere now. Yeah. Well, um, I just, like I said, it's fun to have another story in this universe on the big screen. It's just fun. And I, I'm fully on board with Disney making as many of these as they want, you know, as long as they keep up the quality. Um, I. I just like the and and consistently to me they have with the movies and the television and the books the ones I've read and the comics so uh, as far as I'm concerned they're rocking it as far as whether we need all this extra stuff who cares if they're if they're doing it they're doing it yeah you know but I just hope they don't prequelitis is a phrase I hear get thrown around and and this gets there. You know, it's it's like that Indiana Jones Last Crusade, that beginning part. It's so much fun to see young Indiana Jones doing his thing before he's Harrison Ford. And if you think about it, it's interesting. Harrison Ford has had many people play him now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as an earlier version of him. Um, in Indiana Jones, he had, what, five actors playing him, I think, hmm. before he uh, – maybe not five, maybe four. Um but yeah, the the whole point is yeah, I, I get it, I get it. You want to see the beginnings, you, you want to see the checklist. Here's all the th- what makes Han Solo Han Solo. He wears a vest, so we need to find out how he got that vest. You know, oh, he has that jacket and the sleeves get torn off, or uh, you know, th- that didn't happen here. But I mean, th- that's the thing yeah, you, you're I mean, going through. And, don't make a whole movie about it. But if you're doing an origin movie, throw it in. Yeah, or. Or don't and just make a good movie and don't worry about that stuff so much. That's what I'm worried about is 
you know, and that's where it's interesting is Rain Johnson, apparently his trilogy has nothing to do with like the Skywalkers and any yeah. time period we've had before. Um, that's cool. That's that that's very interesting to me. You know, the idea yeah. of going somewhere we've never been before. Um, but this movie is good enough and it is its own story. And it is the kind of story where you could say, why does it matter? And they make it matter because this is this is when Han met Chewie and this is their first adventure together. And it also happens to be a good adventure. So that's that's also a nice bonus. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, I don't know what else to say. So any final words? Um, I hope NBC renews Timeless because I just watched the season finale and I need to know what happens next. Oh, okay. That's I was almost on a Steve level right there. <laughs> just the non sequitur of it. Um, I came right from that to this podcast. <laughs> so, all right. I came right from Wreck It Ralph. Oh, nice. Yeah, we went and watched that. We borrowed it from you. But yeah, I I love that movie. Yeah. Well. I just want to say uh, we have a sponsor for this episode and that's dogwings.us. Indeed it is. And they uh, do artwork. Um, so you can commission stuff, go check them out. They did our artwork for the, uh, the podcast caricatures that we have now, the new ones, not the, not the older ones where I'm captain Kirk, which I use on Facebook, but we have some new ones and I want to thank them. And I just want to say to everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spending your time with us talking about Star Wars. You can contact us through the different things that we say in the end credits. And I'm just going to say right now that uh, wherever you are, whether you're alone, solo, or whether you're not, and your name just happens to be solo, I just want to wish you Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com, where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I like seeing where he got his blaster.